Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it is going down this Saturday night. I have uh, one of my good friends in studio, Will Bracey. What's up, man? How you What's doing? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. You know, dude, it's been a long time. We've been actually trying to get in the studio for several years, actually. A long time. But yeah. I'm actually glad we waited till this moment because yeah. the journey that God has had you on mm-hmm. since I met you, which was backstage at a, a Papa Roach concert yeah. in L.A. Almost like 10 years ago. Was that 10 years ago? I know that is making us feel old, you know, but I, it was. Dude, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a trip when I, when I see you and yeah. I think about how long we've actually been friends. Yeah. But since that night when I met you randomly mm-hmm. backstage, you came up yep. to me yep. and I remember you said, hey, I saw your I am second. Um, I, I've struggled with addiction, yep. I came out of it and I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. Well, nice to meet you. I'm your introduce, you introduce yourself as one of Jacoby's friends. Yeah. And then I was like, so, yeah. So what do you do now? And you're like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. I, I, I tour with a pop band. Yeah. And then you told me the band Fifth Harmony. And I'm like, yeah. who? Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not listening. Yeah, to they girl weren't pop there band. yet either, too. Yeah, yeah. But so, but I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah. I don't follow a girl pop bands. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you're like I'm doing that. So I go, okay, cool. Well, we exchange mm-hmm. numbers, and then that night led into yeah, all kinds of crazy yeah, stuff. Where I'm yeah. sitting in my living room with my wife after I get married, and and you text me, hey man, I want to get you on tour to come out to New York on the Fifth Harmony tour, yeah. and it was like arenas like huge yeah that was like a code red call too yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and we're gonna get into all these stories but then mm-hmm. then that led to like dancing with the stars yep. where ali was mm-hmm. working on there mm-hmm. uh during that season and then um there was a couple of pop roach dancing with the stars and um uh the fifth harmony and and many many other crazy amazing um stories we became friends just through uh, hanging out. We have a lot of yeah. us, uh, mutual friends. Mm-hmm. But I think our connection definitely has been more or less of just like coming in together, praying, mm-hmm. and um, just seeing what God wants to do with your life, with Allie's life, and different artists that you've been working with. So, dude, it's been on- – honestly, man, it's been awesome to, to be a part oh, of this man. journey with you. Man, it- it's been my honor and my pleasure and, and Allie's pleasure and just uh- – I think even if you would have told me and you when we met backstage, <laughs> fast forward 10 years, what's about to go down in your life and my life, we would have been like, whoa, God, like, no way. It was a whole different time. I didn't yeah. have kids. You didn't have kids. Yeah. You were at, you just at the beginning. Now, actually looking at your yeah. career where you're at now, you were just at the very, very beginning. Very beginning. I, I was so fresh, and those were some amazing times for me. But I did. I, I saw you backstage mm-hmm. at a Papa Roach L.A. show, and I'd known of you through your videos. And you were actually with Jr., mm-hmm. who I had done some touring with when he was with Korn. Right. So when I saw, I probably gave me the confidence to come up to you because I had a, I saw Jr. there with you. Mm-hmm. So I went up to him and I was then then I met you right there and then it was on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know I'm yeah. so stoked because that I am second story is head has it myself. So di- different. Um, Lindsay. There's always all of our yeah. friends have these I'm seconds and they do these Christian films so powerful of testimonies mm-hmm. and um, they reach so many different different groups of people and that's what helped connect us too because we both yeah. share. 
drugs and alcohol yep. and, and anxiety mm-hmm. and different things, but yeah. God has overcome and done great things. So I want to get into your story. You're just, uh, for the record, you're a manager. Uh, you manage, uh, you or you have managed bands yep. on the road, behind the scenes, and different um, yeah, my, elements. Yeah, my bread and butter was tour management. Tour management. You know, yeah. is uh, road management, as some people call it. But yeah, that was my trade and... and what I've been doing the last 15 years. Yeah. Well, let's, hey, I want to get into it because there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think most kids would, would dream of, of going on the mm-hmm. road. Yeah. And I know I would have, of, yeah. of dreaming, going on the road, managing bands mm-hmm. and, and being on tour, just living this awesome life to see it all happen from the backstage to it going and producing mm-hmm. to the front stage. Yeah. So where'd you grow up? Grew up in Orlando, Florida, which is how I got this. You might ask like, you know, how did you even know what a tour manager was or what a road manager was? I grew up in Orlando in the Mm -hmm. nineties. And at that time in Orlando, they, they called it the Hollywood of the East. So you had Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears. Everybody was coming out of Orlando, Florida. Britney did too? Yeah. The whole squad, everything there, there was a guy out there who passed away. Um, He passed away in jail. Um, but his name was Lou Perlman, and mm. Lou had created Backstreet Boys and Sync, and really fostered that pop um, sound of the '90s and 2000s. Um, and one of my stepdad's patients was part of that camp, and she told me it's almost kind of prophetic in a way. Mm. I'll never forget it. Um, when I was like seven years old, you need to be a road manager Hmm. and didn't have any musical connections in my family. But for whatever reason, I think as a little boy, that must've sounded cool or exciting. Mm -hmm. I always loved music, played all sorts of instruments. So that stuck in me and, um, it never left me from like seven years old to when I first got out on the road, I was like, I was going to find a way. How did you get on your first tour or on the road? How did that even happen? So I was, uh, I'll back up, you know, I was at a boarding school in okay. high school, not by choice. I, uh, <laughs> I, like many of, of us are, and it was kind of like one of those behavioral situations. Yeah. I was a well-behaved kid. Mm-hmm. I had just, I, my father passed away when I was six, mm-hmm. and I, it was uh, traumatizing for any little boy or little girl Absolutely. who loses a parent. And I wasn't a bad kid by any means growing up. Yeah. I think I was a sad kid. Yeah. Um, my dad, even when he passed, was a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was raised with those values, but I was still very sad. I think I had a, yeah. a child's understanding yeah. of the Lord. And um, so I ended up at this boarding school yeah. because I was, you know, again, wasn't misbehaving. I was really withdrawn in school. So for whatever reason, my, yeah. my mother thought it was a good idea to get me a bit more focused at this boarding school. Yeah. And this is kind of where the drugs and alcohol. So I'm 15. You mm-hmm. throw a bunch of boys together at that age yep. at a boarding school. Um, what are they doing? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. after classes. So I, you know, that's where I tried a cigarette for the first time or was introduced to, to weed. Um, but in that, you know, these these kids up at the sporting school were playing this reggae punk music. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I just really captivated to it um and uh always as i mentioned previously loved music right and got uh, i listened I, I was played this band called slightly stupid which got was it. this reggae group from socal yeah um san diego and it just really uh 
I just love the band. I don't know what I loved about them, but I only give you that background because you say how I got into it. Yep. Well, I started following this band around in high school um, and ended up, and this is before social media, so this took a little like work on my end, um, meeting the tour manager of this rock band, Slightly Stupid. And I wanted to be in road management. I still had that little boy's dream that was in my heart. Yep. I might, and, but, and I had latched onto this band. Um, so I'd met this tour manager like in high school, going to shows, partying. Um, and I wasn't even as like concerned about the band as much, but I met the tour manager. How do I get into it? What do I need to do? He'd give me little odd jobs when they'd come around the East Coast, you know, throw us a party or, you know, mm-hmm. hand out some backstage passes, you name it. That's so, cool he did that. Yes. That's cool that he embraced it because you're just a young kid. Well, I'm a young kid, and you know how the SoCal community is, dude. I'm from Florida, yeah. you know, like East Coast guy, so I'm not them either. Right. And the, the, you got, those are, that's a tight camp. Yeah. So for him to do that on that level, too, to trust me like that, these were punk rock dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 18 years old, you know, right out of high school, and I get a call from that tour manager. You know, we called him B.B. King. His name was Brian. And he goes, listen, dude, um, we can't pay you, but if you want to come out on tour, like, the boys will have you. Like, you just come out and do it. So that's all I needed to hear, man. Uh, so uh, I say, heck yeah, bro. Like, where, what am I doing? They're like, fly yourself to Oxnard, California, mm-hmm. um, which I did. Was picked up by the tour bus and uh, joined these guys on tour. At the time, this band's slightly stupid was probably the so we're in like 2006 2007 okay. was the number one party band in America mm-hmm. so you can imagine like and how old are you at this point 18. I'm 18. 18 18 going on 19 party bus party bus you know I'm in California partying um, not totally out of control um, but I'm in it now yeah yeah totally yeah all right so now you're you're on the road and you know that that's also a good thing because when you want to be a part of something and you want to get involved, you just, you got to go for it. And you can't, yeah. you know, a lot of things, people get held back because they're like, why do you get paid and this and that? There's all the people that have been, been successful, the ones that have just been diehards and <laughs> put themselves in a situation. Yeah. And then the doors open and then they end up climbing the, right. the ladder. Yeah. Because looking back on it, I had that dream. Yeah. I'm going to be a tour manager and this band, like I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like. I wasn't even thinking about the money. I'm like, you guys are going to let me come on your tour bus and tour? Mm-hmm. Like, I am there. I wasn't even thinking about money because it was a passion. Yeah. Like, I always, the money will come. Right. You know, which it did. Um, but, yeah, I jump in with them and proceed to tour Slightly Stupid from about 2006, 2007. So I'm 18, 19 till about 2011, very into 2011. Um, and in that, we toured with Snoop Dogg, Cypress Hill, um, you know, and we were selling major tickets too. You know, you might not have heard of the group um, because they're they, they run with that punk rock ethos, mm-hmm. um, where they're not into the radio play, but they sell a lot of tickets. So mm-hmm. we were doing ten, twelve thousand tickets a night on these Dang. tours. That's next, amazing. Yeah, and next thing I know, um, you know, I'm in it with them. But I I did start. You know, they had their rules when you're with those part. You know. Weed's okay, alcohol's okay, anything else is off limits. Got it. Um, And when I got back from that first tour I did with them in 2007, you know, you tour, you go home. Right. Um, I had gotten into, you know, um, I had tried 
you know, hard drugs for the first time. On tour. Or when uh, you got when home. I got home. Because I think yeah. I had, I, you know, you're 19, you're touring with this band, you're on buses, planes, I'm, I'm feeling myself a little bit. I yep. wasn't an ego, like, yeah. you know. Um, but I was still numbing whatever was going on in Brokenness my heart. Brokenness from when, yeah. You know, yep. so... I so I then got into this vicious cycle for the next three to four years where it's like I'm touring, I kept myself well behaved, I'm on their program, yeah. But when I get home, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing everything else, and you know, was trying to be functional. You know, what's interesting is when I used to manage the, the circus skate team, mm-hmm. um, I'd be on tour, but then when I'd be home, I'd cut more loose. Oh yeah, I got to get. I was the same way. I was partying harder with harder. my friends. Yeah, and hard drugs. Yep. Then when I'm on tour with the skate team, yeah, smoking and drinking. Because that's what these guys were, skaters, part. surfers. It was smoking and drinking. Yeah. They wanted – that was fine. But yeah. you took it anywhere else, they would have sent me home. Right. Um, so so now you're getting home. So now you're getting introduced to the hard stuff. So now you have that pull. As we know as Christians, the enemy Satan is, is slowly getting these footholds or these strongholds in your life. Yep. And now you're going back on tour with them. So where, where was the transition um, from them? Yeah, the transition was I had really developed a big-time addiction to opiates, oh, uh, OxyContin, um, and I was – it got to the point at the end of 2011, I'd started doing things like missing flights, you know, mm-hmm. things that were really out of character for me where, you know, at that point, the number one party band in America tells you you need to go to rehab. There's a problem. Absolutely. Uh, so at the end of 2011, I was so addicted to – what the doctors had me on um, to stay off the opiates, um, I was I needed to go to a facility to get off of it. Oh right, you know, right. Yep. Um, which there's a number of different things like you've heard methadone. Yeah. So, so like that mm-hmm. was what I was actually hooked on. But again, since I was a little boy, I was just trying to that pain in my heart. That's yeah. all I wanted numb. You know, right. like that's that, that's what I was doing. Um, so I go into a facility, two thousand. Um, uh, 11 and you know get cleaned up uh withdraw but i just don't think i was ready i did 30 days called the band back all right dudes noted handled i'm good and thank god brian that tour manager um was like yeah bro you're not ready like, that's the same guy same guy so he's already saw he saw you from when you started till uh, now and yeah. you can see the difference and obviously. i was crushed i'm like you're not dude i did what you asked me to do i did 30 yeah. days he's like no bro like you're not ready uh-uh and I was like, all right, so now what do I do? So, so now I'm a little, like, I'm a little upset. I'm confused. I don't even know if I want. I was getting sober to just get back out. Right. Um, you know, it had nothing. I, you know, I was like, I'm, oh, I'm good. Band-Aid, no opiates in my system. Yep. So I go to an outpatient facility after that to just try and, um, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'll call in another 30 days and see if, if they'll let me back. Um, but in that facility, I proceeded to um, get some drugs delivered um, and immediately relapsed. In the facility? Oh, yeah. 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 I was, I was, uh, I, I, I was just, I think, a really convincing younger guy at the time. And I was, you know, I think my wounds were just so, like, mm-hmm. I hadn't been, I think, that sober maybe in my whole life, you Start know. Start thinking. Yeah, start yep. thinking. So I relapsed. And the rehab facility um, kicks me out on the street. They take my phone, my wallet, um, and everything. They're like, yo, you can't be here. Like, you just brought drugs into the building. And next thing I know, I'm in Florida um, on the street. 
Um, and I end up finding a halfway house that, you know, in Florida, I don't know if these are everywhere, but in Florida they have these, like, work camps where mm -hmm. you can live there, but they're going to send you to the labor halls at 3 a.m. to, like, work during the day. Right. The facility takes that money, and you just get a bed. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm over – and th this was a bad crew. Like, this was everybody coming out of the county jails and oh, everything. Like, <laughs> I'm just a little white dude from, like – and by the way, they're sending me to labor halls, and, like, I'm there with, like, you know, a lot of – you know, I, I have no skills. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> yeah. so, like, they're looking for painters, yeah. electricians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, like, you know, typing. Yeah. You know, like, there's nothing to do with me. At all. And I'm, st I'm tiny now. Like, I was smaller back then, you know? Um, and, I'm, and all I had in the... And I was terrified, you know? Yeah, of course. I, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was terrified. I was in there... You're like gnarly convicts. Not convicts. I'm in bunk beds. All my clothes get stolen in yeah. there. So I, I really have nothing. But I did have a Bible, you know? Oh, really? And I, they gave me a Bible in this in, place. In that facility. Somehow I got my hands on one. I think I was so terrified and at such a bottom... I'm just like, yeah, dude, give me the Bible. Yeah, give me the Bible. That's where it got. So I'm re I am reading the Bible, and okay. I think that is just what was maybe helping me not be. Because I was also scared to sleep. I don't know, you know everything had been stolen. So I have a question for you. Yeah. So, so you did have some Christian roots growing up. Your parents. Yeah. yeah. Now you're you uh, you're having a good time on tour. You got caught up in drugs. Now you're in this halfway home. You know you're you're yeah. you're, you're almost homeless at this point. Yeah, I am. And you are yeah. homeless. I mean, you're living in there. Yeah. And you got you got a bunk bed. But are you thinking ever, like you're looking at the Bible, you're reading it, are you calling out to God, are you asking God to help you? Or like, yeah. what, what's going on in your mind no, at this point? I'm not, I remember something my stepdad told me when I was a young, who was a Christian as well, when I was a younger boy, where he used to tell me, he's like, even if you're reading the Bible and, and you don't even understand what you're reading, mm -hmm. there's power in that. Right. And I think I was just holding on to that. Yeah. I was like... You know, because I'm sure it was like a King James. Like, I definitely yeah, wasn't, totally. you know. So I just, I held on to that in my head. I'm like, I need to read this, Some, you know. And I just did that in it. However, for me, um, it did get worse for me in there. I started using drugs in there. Started becoming an IV drug user in there. Because wow. um, I was just that at a rock bottom. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. yo, this is what, like, what has happened? Um, and you're, now uh, you're depressed because you're in there. I'm depressed. I'm using drugs with these guys. I'd never injected drugs before, yeah. but then I get into that. Um, but by the grace of God, that first rehab facility that, um, kicked me out for bringing the drugs inside, uh, someone had found me out there and said, well, if, if you can clean up for three to five days, we'll bring you back. And by that point I was like, yeah, whatever I have to get me out of yeah. here yeah, uh, to get back to a, you know, a, a normal house route, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I did. And, um, I started on the path at that point to seriously get sober. I had lost everything. Um, no, we're, we're good. No, yeah, people were dying. Like, it was real. Once you get into that world of oh, it, as dark. you know, it's, it's really dark. And I was scared enough. Still no, like, Holy Spirit interaction mm -hmm. yet with me, but God for sure mm -hmm. it, it was looking out for me and pulled me out of there. I, I've lost a lot of friends. I was just counting the other day. I just lost another friend in a, in a car wreck, but... A lot of overdoses. A lot. Like 20, I've lost 27 friends, I think, so far of my, my friends that I actually used to, oh, to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I, that halfway house that I was, the first part of my story kicked out at, mm -hmm. this was the nicer halfway house, they're all dead. I'm they're the only all, one left. See, isn't that just insane? Yeah, so it's just the Lord. Like, so, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, no. So you're, okay, so you're, now you're back in the house, you're getting clean. 
where is God in your life at this point? So at this point, still, I'm like picking up trash, you know, I'm like, you know, just trying to get seriously, because I'm scared, you know, I'm trying to get seriously clean. And I remember I ran into this kid who looked like a kid to me, my interaction, I almost view him as an angel. Yeah. But he's on, the, he's on the back of the truck picking up trash too. And, you know, I didn't know him. But when you, you know, if someone looks like you, especially when you're in those like environments, jail environments, whatever, you kind of just like, or at least for me, I attracted to him. Maybe yeah. I thought safety. I had looked at him and we're picking up trash. He's on the truck. And I looked at this kid and I was like, so are you here too? Like you're trying to get sober. What's your deal? And he looks at me and he goes, no, I've been delivered. Like, just like that to me. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, cause he was so convicted about it and he looked great. You know, I yeah. probably didn't look too good. Um, He's like, no, I've been delivered. And I just saw something. When he said that to me, I was like, well, dude, how do I get that? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is horrible. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, I have this obsession. I, you know, I'm sad. You know, I've been sad since I was a little boy. Um, and when he, when the, again, I never saw the guy again. I'm not saying he was an angel, but he's, I needed to hear what he, that The Bible meant. says you could be entertaining an angel. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I took that. Uh, right. There's the, the boss, man. Okay. I have boss. to edit this out. Sorry. Stop it. I was getting to a good point. That's right. Yes, sir. Ready? Go. Yeah, it had to have been. It, I, I'd never heard those words, I'd been delivered uh, by this guy. Mm -hmm. So um, at this point, I'm still white-knuckling sobriety, but that started making me think. You know, Did I, you ask him, how can I be delivered? I or? didn't. It, it, just, it was just a thought in your mind. He right. was just so convicted. Right. When he looked, I'd been delivered. Yeah. It's that I, Holy Spirit. And I just kind of hit, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I, I wanted it. Yeah. Subconsciously, whatever just hit, I wanted that. Yeah. And um, so I'm doing, you know, I'm getting more time, hit the 60 days, hit the 90 days, and I'm going to meetings, the most sobriety I've ever had. I'm not even thinking about touring. I'm just trying to get better. Um, and I went to this, this was another at the time, I didn't know it, but a Holy Spirit moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I could never get past 90 days like a lot of our buddies who are at. Like, that's a hard milestone, and mm -hmm. I think that's a point where you really either have it or you don't. Yep. And uh, I went to this AA meeting at a church, and I'm coming up close on the 90 days, and I'd always relapse on the 90. And I'm walking out of this Methodist church, and it was like an audible thing from God, because this is like the 100th time I've tried to get 90 days. You know what I mean? And I heard in my head as I'm walking out of this church— you're not going to do it without Jesus. Like just, just like that in my brain. And, um, I'm like walking and I'll never forget it. And I'm like, okay, I hear you like that. Yeah. Something in yeah. that moment yeah. and the delivering yeah. thing got put together. So I just start going into the word, you know what I mean? And right. I'm just like, at this point, I've got a job now. I'm waiting tables at a breakfast restaurant because they don't serve alcohol for breakfast. Right. You know, I'm mowing lawns. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And just mm -hmm. trying to be an honest guy and, like, reading the word and, like, just finding, like, um, in my own way, finding Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that, that was the only connection. Like, I heard it. You're not going to do it without Jesus. And that's for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do want to highlight something because this, this is amazing. Here you are in a place where you literally know that you need Jesus and you're doing the simple things where you're working. Yep. You're, it's basic. It's not spectacular no. by any means of what you used to do. Yeah. But you were like, I'm just, I'm going to mow lawns. I'm going to work away from alcohol because that <laughs> could yeah. get me into trouble. Yeah. And I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to stay focused on the simplicity, mm -hmm. these the simple things. Yeah. But God honored that. 
God honored that. And I would, you know, and again, going back to me, I wasn't a spoiled kid, but I was definitely had some privilege to me. Like I couldn't even yank the, the deal. You know what I mean? But I'm out there for months with these guys. God bless them. They had patience with me. Mm -hmm. And I was watching these guys and like, they were just being honest. Yeah. Like with the little old ladies, you know, I would have cut corners and like been out of there in 20 seconds. And I was just around these men and I was just putting, I was like, wow, like, I kind of want that. Like mm-hmm. they're be they're good people out here. Like I don't have to lie about stupid things. So I'm doing the work. You know what I mean? Um, so about a, a year goes by of that, and I'm totally content. Yeah, yeah I'm about. I just about did a year sober. I'm making tip money, waiting tables, and I'm mowing lawns, and I'm content because I'm alive. I found the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, things start getting put back together in my life. My family relationships are coming, and I know it's the Lord. And, God, and the, the scripture says godliness is contentment. You know, yeah. You're, 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 I was you okay. I had yeah. peace for the first time maybe ever. That that pain in my heart was, was, was gone. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't having to fill it up with drugs. I was doing work on myself, mm-hmm. and... Um, there's this one night when I had a, when I had just gotten a year sober, um, mowing lawns and waiting tables, um, you know, where I missed music, I missed touring, and at that point I was so and still am to this day. God, whatever whatever you need me to do, I'm there. Yeah. I'm so convinced that you saved my life, and without you in my life, I am back to there. I'll do whatever you want. If that is mowing lawns the next thirty years, You're like I'm down, dude, yeah. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even have a, like, I don't even think I had a car at this point. You know what I mean? Like, but I am that good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? And um, I hit my knees that night. And I physically, I believe in physically hitting your knees. That yes. was something that was taught to me early. So yep. I'm like on my knees by my bed in this little tiny loft I'm renting in Florida because um, I'm not making, I'm making enough money to just be independent. And um, I said, Lord God, I was like, if you want me to mow lawns and wait tables like forever, I will. And thank you for, for giving me my life back and, and keeping me alive. But if there was any way that music wasn't done for me and I could somehow find a way to tour sober and I would really love it, you know, just mm-hmm. giving like there's a way father in which that could happen. Um, and I did that prayer. Um, and I went to bed and I promise you this in the name of Jesus the next day, I get a phone call, and it's this guy I used to tour. I, I he would work for Snoop Dogg. I toured with him. He calls me. I don't. But I remember, I didn't have a phone. I've got a new phone now. I don't know how he's got my number. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, um, he goes, "Hey, is this Will?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's Will." And he goes, "Hey, dude, I, it, you know, I got to be honest with you. I heard some things about you the last year. I don't know if you're still in music or not." And I said, "Yeah, listen, dude, they're probably true." But just as a friend, I want you to know I'm a year sober. I'm okay. You know, yeah. so if you're calling to check up on me, tell yeah. them all. Tell the boys I'm good. I'm alive. I'm you're alive, <laughs> yeah. And he goes, well, dude, here's the thing. Like, you're sober, huh? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm about a year sober now. And he's like, all right. He's like, you came to mind because I'm about to go on tour with this rock band in two weeks. I've got this singer. He just found Jesus, and he just hit a year sober. <laughs> He's not allowed to go out on tour unless he has a sober guy. Dude, that's he goes, amazing. Yeah, he goes, are you available to be in Europe in two weeks? <laughs> Unbelievable. This and, is only God stuff. I love it. Yeah, and that, that was Jacoby Shaddix, the lead singer, Papa Roach. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, what year was this? 2012. So, that was two, he, so he got saved in 2012. Had to have been around there because we both had around the same sobriety dates. And um, yeah, he'd found Jesus. And... This is like unbelievable because like uh, here you are. You say the prayer. Okay, you say the prayer the the night before, 
And this is what people need to understand. God is real. Yeah. When you say these prayers and you mean them, but not only that you say prayers that you mean, but you're actually living for Christ. You know, the one thing yeah. I've been, when I, as I teach the Bible and I've been going around uh, frequently, I've been teaching, you got to read, pray, and obey. Here you are. Who cares if you read and pray, but if you don't obey, there's, you know, there's, there's no obedience to Christ. So you're reading, you're praying, you're obeying. Are you perfect? No, none of us right, are perfect. Right. Read, praying, and obeying. You say that prayer to God, and, and you mean it, and then God, because he's a loving father, he knows the plans that he has for you yeah. from the beginning of time. Yeah. And then he prayer, you pray, he answers the prayer, and now, boom, next day, phone call, you're going on the road with Papa Roach. Going on the road with Papa Roach, a guy like me who pretty much thought I'd killed my shot in the music business. I don't have a great reputation. I destroyed it all, and God's like, son, I put that dream in your heart. I'm your father. I know you've been sad about your father your whole life, but I am your your spiritual father. Like, mm-hmm. and I as soon as I leaned into that, the magic started happening. And next thing I know, man, I had uh, I got to meet Jacoby once at like a rehearsal. I think as a vibe check before yeah. they put me out with him. <laughs> and he's, you know, I'm a bit quiet, you know, yeah. introverted. Kobe's like level 100, and so I mean, <laughs> like the animal from the Muppets. Well, <laughs> yeah, he just sees me. He just, I come into the rehearsal. He just sees me. He's like, Yo, you're sober, you know. And I'm like, yeah, dude. You know, he's like, let's go. So I think I got his co-sign. Like he was the, actually out of all the artists looking back that I've ever had to like meet or audition. Like, yeah. instant. He, was, he just yeah, co-signed awesome. me. Yeah, instantaneous. I, I do want to add one yeah. thing. You know what? God's grace. God has so much yeah. grace because you know how you were saying, yeah. I thought I was all done. Done, I was yeah. washed up, yeah. bad name in the industry, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. But God, yeah. Yeah. God yeah. is in the business yeah. of transforming right. people's lives no matter that's where right. you're at. Anyone that's listening today, he is in the business of transforming people's lives. Transforming, renewing. So now here you are. You're, uh, you're on tour with Pop Roach. On tour with Papa Roach. Oh, shoot. We're at the break. Let's we're, go we're to the break. That's <laughs> actually a good point, though. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be back yeah. with uh, Will Bracey in uh, two minutes right after the break. Thank you. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. All right, we are back. I have Will Bracey in studio. He's a tour manager. I've known him for 10 years. Almost, yeah. uh, met him backstage at a Papa Roach concert. And then next thing you know, showing up uh, at the Fifth Harmony Tour, um, Dancing with the Stars, and just many other uh, concerts where we have a lot of uh, similar friends. But, yeah. you know, if you weren't listening to the first half, um, very powerful testimony of him. Um, managing slight, uh, being on tour with slightly, slightly stupid and then getting hooked on drugs and alcohol and losing everything and becoming homeless. But then he found God. He started reading, praying, obeying, just, you know, mowing lawns, working at a restaurant. And then one day he just got on his knees and there's power. 
about being on your knees yeah. and getting real with God and praying and humbling yourself, right? Just on your knees and you said a prayer, God, if you would ever use my life, basically you're like, God, if you have grace on my life and you ever want to use my life in the music industry again, you know, I would I would love to do that now, because I know that's always been a desire. To the Ryan Reese show. And even though I had a bad name in the industry, even though I destroyed relationships, whatever it was, addiction, but here God is. He answers your prayer and you get a call the next day. Next day. The next day. Yeah. And it's from a tour manager from Snoop Dogg and they go, hey, I'm going on the road with this band called Papa Roach and the lead singer Jacoby just found Christ and he needs a sober partner. And there you, and that's yeah. where we pick up. Yeah, man, it's crazy. <laughs> it's only the Lord, like only the Lord could create something like that. And so next thing I know, um, fast forward, I'm on a plane to Europe to yep. meet up with the Papa Roach boys. And um, Jacoby and I just, again, immediate connection. We're very different. This is a, a yep. metal rocker. I, I kind of come from hip hop and reggae yeah. and, and pop. I mean, my, you yeah. know, uh, and we just click, dude. Like yeah. we're doing like not little shows like hundreds of thousands of people so it's my first touring back um and almost a year kobe maybe a little less but he's we're both a year sober it was also a cool time dude because your other homie this was this was the same year head came back into corn oh he just came back yes so not not only am i with kobe that's right that's right we're out with corn doing these gigs in europe and those were his first and i was at the first one he came which was electric. That's another story for another time. But basically, God throws me back on the road. I never thought I could tour sober again, but I'm with Christians yep. and sober guys. Mm-hmm. So I got to meet Head, you know, got to meet Sonny. You know, yep. And that is what initially got me over to, you know, to well, you. Well, you know, it's biblical. When you look at the yeah. Bible, they went out in twos. It's accountability. That's, That's how they heavy. went out in twos. Yeah. So that was me and Kobe. So we're just touring Indeed, the yeah. world together. Um, I'm supporting him. <laughs> he's supporting me. He's actually bringing me closer to the word, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're doing devotionals, and we're just rocking it. And that lasts a couple of years. And then um, – and my life is going great. I'm sober. He's sober. Now, I'm, a question for you. Yes. Have you ever during this time – did you ever feel like uh, drawn back to like drugs and alcohol? Because some people – they have this like this constant pull where other people yeah. get set free, like me when I when I got set free from the drugs and alcohol. Yeah, it, it just it was just a done deal. I was free, man. It never crossed my mind, especially yeah. in that time of Kobe. I, you know, um, there's other things I think like as we partner up with 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 the Holy Spirit to deliver us from things yeah. that that the devil's always trying to He's get always, us at. Yep. If it's not the drugs, it's the girls, and if yep. it's not this. But in my case here, and I'm pretty sure I could speak the same for Kobe, um, we were so free. Like yeah. we were just – it was honestly going back some of the greatest times of my life. Dude, um, awesome. So I do that for a couple years, and then I get this phone call. Um, and again, I'm back out in the business. My name's out there a little bit. People are – I've got a lot of support because people know my story, seeing what I'm doing. You know, I'm back in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get this call from this music manager in L.A., and at this point, I'm actually living in Sacramento with Jacoby. So even off the road, the Papa Roach guys. Again, All I, right. That's right. I had a lot that. of help, you know, like trying to save my – like the P. Roach guys had a studio in Sacramento. They're like, Will, when we're not touring, live there. Like yeah. just being awesome. Just the support. Yeah, that's, just that's the support. Um, and uh, I get this call from this music manager. Hey, I'm in Los Angeles. I got your name. Um, I'm managing this girl group that just got off this television show um, with Simon Cowell called X Factor. I need a tour manager, and your name came up. So 
go back to me as a boy, my dream had always been pop, you know, right. like, and especially in music, like that really is the, you know, not to say there aren't rock and, you know, other groups in the big leagues, but I, in my head, mm-hmm. that's like, you're getting called up yeah. in a way. Pop, pop is the biggest. Yeah. 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 You're getting called up. So, um, they, uh, they tell me a little bit about, it's a five girl, girl group. I'm familiar with the television show X Factor, but I don't really know who they're talking about. But I'm like, you know, I get to know the manager. I fly out to L.A. to meet her. She's a believer, which is crazy mm-hmm. in the first place. Um, and they're like, look, we don't have a lot of money. Um, but, yeah, it's yours if, if you want it. So that was hard for me because Kobe and I had such a good thing going. Yeah. Um, but, of course, he couldn't have been more supportive and gave me his blessing. And next thing I know, um, I'm in L.A. with five girls. Um, some, you know, actually at the time they were all teenagers. I was going to say they, yeah. all, they were all super young. Yeah, and um, I'd never been around girls. Never, like had one girl for my whole life. So I, re- you know, really yeah. don't know what I'm getting into. Totally. Um, and uh, I get out to Los Angeles, fly out, meet them in the studio. And I immediately realize like, well, this is big. Like, they don't have any hits yet, any songs, but they're very famous. Like, I'm are going around L.A. with them doing little tiny gigs here. They're early development, so just got off the TV show. But everywhere we went... Everyone knew them. Fan, dude, it was crazy. Like, if we had to do a little promo gig in Arizona, we'd land at LAX. You know, again, no songs on the radio, but I'm talking paparazzi. I'd never dealt with any of that, so... I'm just figuring it out. What I did know, as I said, these girls are amazing, um, and I know God's called me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did know that. <coughs> so I just leaned into it. So I, I just kept working with the girls. Now they want me in L.A. with them just kind of as like a drive, even when we don't have shows. So I'm like driving them around to vocal lessons, dance lessons, you name it. I'm so grateful to be in L.A. Like I'm, I'm waking up in the morning, hitting my knees, um, just in gratitude because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in pop music. Just tears of literal gratitude. I'm yeah, sober. God's grace. Oh, my God. I mean, it was just wiping me out every morning. Um, and, you know, continue working with them. We're doing little things here or there. I remember they had one shot left with the record label. This is um, probably top of 2014. And they were signed by Simon Cowell and L.A. Reid. Yep. L.A. Reid's obviously has a massive history as a Simon. Simon had just done One Direction. This was his answer to it for the girls. And the label told these girls, like, this is your last shot. If this song doesn't go on the radio, you're going home, you know, and then we'll figure out what to do with y'all individually. So that was scary for them, Mm -hmm. Um, scary for me. And next thing I know, um, that last chance they had was a song called Worth It. Um, And that came out and proceeded to be one of the biggest songs in the world. That blew up. There was like a billion... I remember there was like a billion views or something. Oh, it's back. still. I mean, yeah. now it's way more. Yeah, and that was their first one. Yeah, so that exploded, and we proceed to go from mall tours, packing out malls, like mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of kids, uh, club tours, theaters, and private jets, and um, and then they followed that record up with another even bigger, uh, which if that's not even possible, and became one of the biggest groups in the world. And they were all over MTV Awards and I mean, all the... We, I, I mean, think they still hold the record for most Teen Choice Awards ever yeah, won. That VMAs, Crazy. American Music Awards, Billboard Music. I mean, you name it, we did it. Um, now, 
in going that. Going from mowing lawns. Yeah, mowing lawns, pea roach. <laughs> and this is all, so this is awesome. how fast God works. This yeah. was not, like, this was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm in that. Now I'm in a, a, a multi-million, million, million dollar music industry machine. And I'm like their guy. At this point, the girls have gotten older and I've gotten older. And I start seeing a bit more of the darker side of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all really uh, preyed upon in terms of being young and signing deals and not knowing what was what. Um, yeah. And that was hard for me because I've always been like an artist advocate. You yeah. know, I, my attitude was I work for these five. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, the managers, the agents, like I don't work. And then that makes me an unpopular guy yep. because those – those managers and those agents, they want me to be their guy. You know, like, no, you're the, we know Will. If you're not there, they're not going on stage. And I was always like, no, I'm with them. Like, yeah. you know, don't get it twisted. Um, and we had some believers in the group too. So always in deep prayer with those girls. But I certainly, you know, I think everyone publicly knows the story. The group went on hiatus in 2018. Um, one of the members left in 20, end of 2016. Um, and that story fully is yet to be told. I think it will soon, um, but it's their story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was certainly caught up in it and just absolutely sickened mm-hmm. by what, you know, that, the whole thing lasted like five or six years. And, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like, I think you remember when I was in it, you know, it feels like you're in a, I brought you out there. Yeah, like, I remember tr- you're like, hey, I've got a call. And you're like, hey, man, um, girls need some prayer. If parents are out here, come out here and hang with them and just see what God does. And then I went out there and I was, it was on the New York tour, a couple of yeah. different, different arenas. That, you guys were doing arenas and just praying. And it was cool. Just praying with each girl, like kind of came up to me. We we're talking, praying. And it was just a really crazy time praying for you, praying backstage, mm-hmm. praying during the event, just yeah. kind of just prayer happening in this, in this, in this moment. But, um, yeah, no, it was definitely a, a journey for you through this time, but God's hand, was in it and with you guys, but it was it was it was a tough, tough it was season. Tough. It was a tough season. So when that ended, you know, I'm like, I had done a couple other things. I did a rapper too, and I was trying to help one of the members, Allie. You know, everyone kind of went their own ways, and everyone kind of went with a girl. Um, and but at that point, I saw what happened to them the, the millions of dollars that were taken from them, and. Um, and then me just hitting career milestones, like I always want to be at the Grammys, I always want to be at the Oscars, yeah. and I like things that I really could never even dreamed of, and I hit it all, and it just did. Not only do I don't really remember it, like I don't remember my first time at the Grammys, I don't remember my first time, at, you know, it did not give me anything, yeah, like nothing. So that ends, and I have a couple feelings. I'm like, yo. I don't like the music business, number one. Like, if that's what it is, God, like, I'm talking to God here, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be in it. Yeah. You know, like, and matter of fact, I'll go back to Florida right now. I'll bounce out at West You're Hollywood. At like, yep. I'll go to L.A. Um, I remember. I yeah. I remember this time. I delete Instagram, mm-hmm. social media, and I just, my only answer to it from the end of that group into COVID was I was just diving into more Jesus. Like, I just was that... And I just knew that's what I had to do because I was dealing with a little, not depression, but I just, I felt lost. So I'm just in the word every day and it's COVID. So there's not a lot to do anyway. Um, 
so I'm just ordering all these books. You help me. You're like, bro, order Dr. Tony Evans books. Mm-hmm. Remember that? So yep. I'm like ordering all Dr. Tony Evans I'm books. I'm sending you Bible studies Dude, too. I'm like, listen like, to this I'm app. Like, what is the- happening? I was yeah. like, I hit the career milestone, you know, one of the biggest groups of all time. I didn't like any of it. I, now I don't even want to be in it. So I'm doing that. Um, and I get a phone call to interview for a new artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and by this time, I'd pro- we're just coming out of COVID. I probably already had my mind made up, like, I'm out. I don't know what I'm going to do. There's plenty I could do, but I'm not going to go tour again. Like, I was, you know, I, I, I declined. I, I remember, I want, I want to add this really quick. I yeah. remember during this season, because you were, you were definitely kind of over and burned out, and, yep. and rightfully so, of yep. everything, <laughs> that yep. whole crazy season. I remember just saying, dude, you got to read. You got yes, to pray. You, you got to. You got to yeah. hear. Like yeah. I'm like, read the Bible. I'm like, God yeah. Yeah. will show you. You're yeah. in a season, but He's yeah. going to lead you, and He could get more done in 10 seconds than you could get done in 20 years. Oh. If He, all He has to do is a couple. As you see before, you said yeah. a prayer, a phone call came in. That would have taken yeah. so much time to actually get that done, but yeah. he did it in one second He'd, or like, you know, I yeah. guess 12 hours or whatever. But my point is I kept focusing you and I want people to hear this that yeah. are listening. Yeah. Like it was, I wasn't telling you to do anything else, but get that relationship right with God, yeah. read and pray and hear his voice. Yeah. Let him instruct you through yeah. the word, because when you put God first, he's the one that does everything. He's the divine chess player. We've talked about this before. And he will he will set things up and organize things, and he will use your life. But it all comes down to that relationship with him is how he's going to use you in such a great way. Yeah, your wisdom for me back then was crucial and just got me to that next level. The Holy Spirit, Dr. Tony Evans' books helped yeah, me. A, I was reading. Awesome. You got me into Chuck Smith. But, like, yeah. I was really in it, and just I was feeling the Holy Spirit, like, yeah. just all every morning all over myself. So I get this call. This really big artist is looking for a tour manager. Like, we need you to take the interview. And uh, I was getting a lot of calls back then because I think people like, this dude could handle five girls on the road. He can do anything. Um, (laughs) And I would say no to everything, everything. Money wasn't a problem anymore. You know, I was saying no to everything. But this call kept coming, you know, pretty persistent. And um, I said no three times. I go to bed that night, and I have a dream. Um that I took this position mm-hmm. and I woke up the next morning, I like grabbed my phone and I'm like, okay, uh, let me take the interview. Um, and it happened to be for, um, Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. uh, that was looking for a tour manager. So, um, I had prayed a lot on it and spoken to, you know, my, my Allie about it. And, um, we knew what that was too. Cause like when you sign up for something like that, especially at that level, but I was like, she's like, no, well, I mean, God is calling like, you know, and I made the decision and that led me to tour. Um, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, with him the last few years. So, you know, even then like at a, at a Valley post fifth harmony and a couple years there through COVID where I'm like, God, what are you even going to do with me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just hit every career milestone I ever dreamed of. I feel like I'm almost going to die or I don't know what's going to happen to me. (laughs) I want to get out of the music business. And the Lord's like, I want to go back to what you did again. It's just like when you were um, at that place, when you were, you know, mowing lawns, serving uh, food and you were just the simplicity of life and just, you know, just really developing your relationship with Christ. Here you are again. 
you go on this journey with Fifth Harmony, you get to another place in your life, and then you went back to the – it's basically just going back to the basics. Basics, dude. You went back to the simple basics yeah. and were like, okay, God, this is how I'm feeling. Feeling a little jacked up right now, a little yep. burnt on life yep. and, and, and just kind of over everything. I'm going to just kind of take it back a notch, chill out, press into you, let you speak to me, work on my mind, work on my heart, you know, and do that new work. And in that process, he's the divine chess player. Once again, he's lining things up while you're getting. See, this is the thing. When you take these, what people need to understand is when you take these seasons of rest to, and, and when I say rest is to rest to wait on God and to hear him speak and to pray and read. Basically, what he's doing in that time is he's developing you and shaping you and creating you and getting you ready for this next season. You're so right. Because let me tell you, if I, there's no way taking on what I took on for, for, you know, for Mr. B, like if I had, I wouldn't have been able to handle it if God didn't work on me yeah. those couple of years. I wasn't, I wasn't emotionally, spiritually like, like that. What I needed to be for the Fifth Harmony Girls was yep. one thing. Yep. What I needed to be over here for him in that next season, mm-hmm. God molded me those couple years. Because if it was Fifth Harmony, like straight from there to there, I'd been out. Yeah. There's no way I wouldn't have been what they needed. I wouldn't have been what the Lord needed. Like you said, back to basics, pour into me. He mm-hmm. built me up so I could handle, you know, one of the, not only the biggest artists in the world at the time, you know, the biggest tour in the world and yes that's i can only imagine that's the good lord you know i'm a a guy who couldn't even get through high school math you know what i mean and like yeah and and there's jesus like yeah you know now you're going to manage multi-million dollar budgets god uses the ordinary men to do extraordinary things i'm as as ordinary as you get to and god's doing extraordinary things because we serve an extraordinary god the person of the holy spirit is in us yeah the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, and they are in us, so we can do the extraordinary, yeah. being ordinary. Yeah. Now, in the Bible, it talks about in Jeremiah, I think, uh, 22, where it talks about the potter at the house, and, and God says, go to the potter's house and see what he's making. He goes in, and there's a lump of clay, and the potter's making the lump of clay, and it didn't turn out to what he wanted, so then he broke it down and started remolding it. And we are the lump of clay in God's hands. He is the potter. And what he does is he makes us... The, in these seasons of when we're just resting with him, he's shaping us, he's molded us into this vessel for this season. He, you became a vessel for Jacoby. And then when you were done, he, he, you, you sat back again, he broke you down, molded you, made you into yeah. a new vessel for Fifth Harmony. And then he had to break you down, remold you, and shape you into a new vessel, how he's using you now to work with Justin. And that's what God does. I've seen it over and over. It's yeah. these it's these growth times of development that God does it and then he breaks you down and reshapes you and I believe that we're in these we're, we're different instruments or vessels to be used for every single different season and then God pours his Holy Spirit into us and it overflows through us and that's called the spirit that life. So we are vessels of God overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And God flowing through us. Yeah. And so, no, it's just awesome, man. To, Dude, it's to, awesome. To see. You've been with me from right there almost, almost the beginning of that second part of my life. And uh, always picked up the phone, you know, uh, and obviously, you know, Allie and I are, are supporters of what you're doing and the whosoever's and everything. And, um, yeah, we just love you and, and everything you're doing. But you've been right there with me, bro. Like, you got me, yeah. um, you know, and then I watch these shows. You know, that's why it's crazy being in here. No, um, it's it's, aw- <laughs> it's yeah. awesome to have you. Well, you know, our heart, obviously, it's like the way that whosoever started 
was it was started by a bunch of musicians and yeah. artists and skateboarders, and um, we all have stories where we all got caught up in sex, drugs, and yeah. rock and roll, yeah. and we all got to that point where we OD'd or just depression, suicide, anxiety. There's a number of different things, but then God got a hold of our life. So now, yeah. you know, what the whole the whole reason why the movement exists, the whosoever's, is to reach into people's lives. And we, we know that God can do anything through anyone. And that's why, obviously, when I see you doing your thing, I'm like, this guy just needs a little bit of, uh, just like people come alongside me to nudge me in the right direction. Hey, get, get over here. Try reading some of this. Listen to this. And God's got you. And yeah. just pray for people. The same thing that, that's called discipleship. Yeah. The same thing that I did with you, people do with me, and we need to do with each other. Each other. And that's, yeah. what, that's the church. That's who we are as, yeah. as, as believers in Christ. Is to love each other. That's yeah. all God. They, that's what Jesus says. That's how you'll know uh, that you guys are my disciples for our love for one another. Yeah. And now here you are doing your thing and Allie and now Justin's doing his thing. It's just awesome to. Yeah, we to didn't see. even get into Dance with the Stars or Allie, but maybe <laughs> not. But, you know, the, it's all Jesus, dude. Like we yeah. just like that was and I know you were at the last episode of Dancing with the Stars. Allie from Fifth Harmony was on that show. Yeah. And we're like, yo, we're going to sneak in Jesus on oh. live television. You know, so we would we still do that stuff. We get excited about doing it because look in Hollywood, uh, we do believe like that is God's town. You yeah. know, but there yep. and there's there's a revival. But like anytime we get those shots, so Ali um, made it to the finals on ABC's Dancing with the yes. Stars, and I was like, you were always there. And we were like, you know, just we're gonna throw in Jesus on national TV. There's like 15 million people watching. Uh-huh. So she gets uh-huh. up there, and our little Ali just snuck in like, thank you, Jesus. And you know, there's people in the control room like. Turn it up, turn it up. She can't say that, you know, but um, that's why God has us in this town for as long as he needs us and wants us there. Um, It's not the easy route. Um, It's it's a bit it's a bit harder, but we love the Lord. And, you know, we just go tell people what's up and uh, we'll always enjoy doing those things. We have to we have to let our light shine. You know, that's right. We have to let our light shine. I mean, and when you look at the state of the world. There's a lot of people worried, you know, there's, you know, wars, rumors of wars. There's all these different yeah. things that are going on, the, the, the mental health crisis. Mm. Um, now is the most important time is to be Christ-like, to go out and love people, reach people, pray for people, yeah. and um, just well, let well, people you know do that God it. loves them. You're one of the few men that are actually doing it. Like, I know your schedule as somebody is a touring background. Mm-hmm. Like, you are out there in the streets, which is why I'm always going to support what you're doing and Ali and, and, and anybody in our realm, cause you're doing the hard work. It's not easy going to Peru, you know? Yeah. And like, do people think it's just like one flight in one flight? Like, no, yeah. bro, we're getting held up at customs. Uh-huh. They lost all of our bags. Uh-huh. We're at like a hostel. Like, dude, you are doing it and you inspire me to do it. Like when I don't want to do a road trip or, and I'm dude, I'm getting the good out of, you know, I'm like at a totally good hotel. Like, yeah. I'm like, yo rise out there. Just like crushing in Peru right now, given the word, like, but you, practice not to use that phrase but you practice what you preach you are out there well thank you, know, you man and it inspires me well we have a we have a really good team that um and ambassadors yep. that are all out yep. touring invading the schools mm-hmm. because we know that people need people need jesus and it is it is crazy touring i don't have a, a schedule you know at, you know a tour life is like yeah. people oh i was telling someone the other day i go you know people i go we don't have the luxury to just go home to our wife every night at five o'clock in the no. afternoon after after yeah. after dinner we're we're on the road for like 14 days. We're yeah. hitting like three schools a day, back to back, plus churches, and then 
juvenile detention, wherever we could get in in front of kids. Then we come home. Then I got to be with my wife and my kids. And you got burned out when I get burned out, dude. And you got to be in the right frame of mind. But but God bless you for that. No, but you know what though? It's all worth it though. Like I told my wife, I go, just seeing the power of God work. I will fly. I just got back from the Philippines. It took forever to get there. I know. But I know when I get there, we're going to see God do amazing things. I'm yes. going to fly back, and then I'm going to want to go to Chile yeah. because I love seeing God work. And we see it, and we see your videos, and we see what you're doing, and all those kids when you're at the schools and the gyms, and they're like, all right. Like, it's amazing. So that helps me want to keep it going when I feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm like, but you no. inspire me, though, too. Oh, thank you, man. You know what? That's, and that's what we're... We yeah. go out by twos and do our thing. Well, listen, dude, Thank I love you. you. Love you, we're gonna, We're coming to the end of the show. Cool. Um, you guys, uh, Will Bracey, tour manager, you're on social. You can look him up. Go to the Whosoever. Uh, check out our yeah. our website. Yeah. Book us. We want to come to your city. We want to go to your public it's schools. The real we love deal. you guys. They bring the Holy Spirit, man. Bring them, bring them to your town. We love you guys. Thank you again, man, Thank for, you, bro. for being on. Appreciate you. Heck yeah. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not gonna scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.